Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time with Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian It's time now for Market View, where in focus, of course, uh, the Fed's rate hike decision. That's coming up later on. First, a recap of how we started the day. That's right, Elliot. So Singapore's shares opened lower today following the U.S. Fed's move to hike interest rates by 25 basis points, the ninth increase in a year. Now, the Straits Times Index fell 0.6% in early trade to 3,200 points after some 74 million million securities changed hands. Now let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 0.06%. We're looking at 3,219 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.03 billion. Now gainers outnumbered losers 321 versus 249. Top advances for today, Jardin Cycle and Carriage, Venture Corp and New Incorporation USD. Top decliners, Cotina, Zhenun Jinjiang and Jason Marine. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we have Semcom Industries because a Bloomberg report suggested that the firm may be considering selling its waste management unit. Now, meanwhile, investors continue to digest the latest quarter point rate increase by the Fed overnight, as well as contradictory messages from Fed Chair Jerome Powell and U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on further protection for depositors. So for more market moves and views, let's speak to David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. David, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me as usual. Great to have you as usual. So let's start with the Singapore stock market. How did the STI fare today? Well, um, considering the carnage witness, you know, in the US market yesterday with the three major indices falling by between 1.6 to 1.65%, mm. you know, one would have uh, expected the STI to mirror the performances exhibited by the US market, but no, <laughs> the STI along with you know, most Asian markets and mm. instead chosen to focus their attention on the possible slowing rate hikes ahead, you know, from the Fed. So as a result, you know, uh, we had a flattish performance today for the STI, you know, which puts the uh, you know the three thousand three hundred levels, uh, which is a minor resistance point, uh, which we have identified on the horizon again. So um, I mean, as we, as we speak and uh, looking at my computer screen now, I think the US futures have turned you know, positive for now. So uh, as we look forward to the weekly jobless uh, claims update later in the evening. Uh, David, what about Singapore's headline inflation dipping in February to six point three percent? How do you think that factors into some of the top movers today? Okay, I guess uh, usually with inflation, uh, you know, on our side, we'll assess the headline numbers, you know, which consists of all the items uh, included in the basket. And then we we'll also look at the core inflation, which excludes uh, two items, namely the uh, private transport and accommodation. So with this uh, 6.3% latest number, which is a headline all items number, is actually now from the previous uh, 6.6% reported in January primarily due to a lower private transport inflation. So to be honest, uh, any magnitude of decline is welcome. But uh, you know, these are year-on-year numbers. And on a month-on-month basis, mm. you know, these headline numbers you know, still grew by about 0.6%. And um, on the other hand, you know, looking at the core inflation data, it actually rose uh, 5.5% year-on-year. And again, on a month-on-month basis, it's uh, flattish. So with this, um, it could very well be an early sign of uh, easing inflation. But again, uh, I have to remind you that, you know, that single data doesn't make a trend as yet. Right, and zooming in on some of the companies to watch today, David, let's take a look at Semcom Industries. Now, a Bloomberg report suggests that Semcom Industries may be considering selling its waste management unit. Any guesses to why this is the case and what would the sale mean for Semcom Industries? Okay, um, for a start, well, the wealth management business, uh, so, sorry, I, I meant the, the waste management business contributed a mere 2 
1.7%, you know, to total revenue in uh, FY22. Hence, um, I don't think it's a major contributor, you know, to uh, SEMCOP's uh, bottom line or even cash flow. And I mean, according to reports, uh, they are actually eyeing a potential sales of this unit of as much as $6.920 million. Mm. And this part consists, you know, of uh, its uh, domestic Singapore operations in which I think they bought for around $28 million. 2020 and there's also a UK waste to resource unit which I'm not sure you know, how much it's worth at the moment so at this point in time you know I wouldn't comment on whether this is a profitable sales uh, uh, at least on the, on the capital gain side you know but what is certain is that uh, same, same club is definitely eyeing a lot of projects and they are already mm. on the horizon so one of them actually will be uh, this solar related project in Oman to build own and operate a 500 megawatt solar plant and uh, this is expected to be operational by the year 2025. And this project will be backed by a 20-year power purchase agreement, you know, with the relevant power supplier of Oman. So this project is expected to be funded by a mix of debt and equity to the tune of around US $400 million. And, you know, also yes, in a memorandum of understanding with... Uh, with uh, became Max IDC Corporation to co-establish you know, five Vietnam Singapore industry parks in uh, Vietnam, value at approximately uh, US one billion. So you know these projects, you know, actually give us a sense that you know Samco will need cash to fund these projects going forward. So I think it's natural that they you know uh, do a bit of internal structuring to dispose uh, certain units to raise the funds required. Mm. David, let's talk about another entity, uh, Boosted Projects and Boosted Singapore. The Singapore Exchange Regulation yesterday saying that Boosted Projects must restore its free float after its shares are suspended at the close of the takeover offer by the parent company. Otherwise, Boosted Projects will be directed to delist and provide an exit offer, which is deemed fair and reasonable. Those two words there. Your thoughts on this particular matter uh, what what is considered fair and reasonable? Okay, uh, well, just two days ago, I think the parent company of Bostet Projects, which is uh, Bostet Singapore, has basically received valid acceptances of, you know, now up to 92.5% for this uh, privatization initiative to be kick-started. So now with uh, less than 10% of uh, Bostet Projects shares now held by the public, you know, I think uh, Bostet Singapore will just proceed with the intention to privatize and release the Singapore from the uh, stock exchange mm-hmm. and of course uh, you know trading in uh, trading of shares in both step projects has, has already been suspended okay in the offer document uh, you know why have to note that uh, both Singapore actually said that uh, it has no intention to try and lift any trading suspension by the SGX so to me it's uh, more or less a done a done mm-hmm. deal so I'm not uh, surprised at all so if you ask me what is a fair and reasonable offer looks like, well, to look at it from a simplistic point of view, you know, for me as a shareholder, you know, I would look to at least exit with a premium above, you know, the net asset value of a company. So in this case, um, I believe that uh, post, most of Singapore is trading at about, uh, I mean, its NAV is around 1.26 and mm. the price to NAV is around 0.75 times now. So as such, uh, it may be interpreted as undervalued to, uh, to some investors. However, in uh, reality, you know, value a takeover 
or to privatize a company is much more complicated than that. You know, we have to take into account you know, the market, the prevailing market sentiment, mm. the future profitability of a company and trading liquidity, etc. So for this case, um, the trading liquidity of uh, Bosset Project has been low for, for quite some time and as such, you know, this could also be a reason why the offer is priced at, as it is to uh, allow, you know, existing uh, shareholders to exit. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Well, and David, let's very quickly take a look at some of the headlines around the world. The Fed, the US Federal Reserve, has raised rates by yet another 25 basis points. Uh, the Fed's uh, dot plot indicated that majority of officials forecast one more rate hike this year. Now, based on what we have so far, the information, is this effective enough in quelling concerns over the banking sector? Well, I think um, prior to the latest uh, decision, you know, the market was pricing in an 81 pro- 81% probability, you know, of a 25 basis hike. You know, while the mm. vast majority of economies they were also predicting a hike. You know, with only a handful predicting uh, no change to to the rate or even a cut. With this, um, I think it's within expectation, in my opinion. And uh, I mean, last week, if, if you recall, you know, we have been dwelling on, you know, how some of the sell sites in the market have already reduced the terminal fat rates due to the ongoing uh, banking crisis or saga, depending on how you like to call it. So mm. taking all these into considerations, uh, I, I would say the markets were more or less uh, ready with the uh, eventual decision made yesterday. Right. And aside from the interest rate decision, uh, David, investors also digesting a seemingly contradicting messages from Fed Chair Jerome Powell and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Now, Jerome Powell, he had tipped broader protection to depositors should the financial stress spread. But Janet Yellen said the Treasury is not considering a broad increase in deposit insurance. How are you making sense of all of these? Well, all these have certainly made the uh, US markets uh, again uh, a roller coaster ride. You know, yeah. the fell initially, bounced up, you know, became flattish, then plunged. You know, as market participants try to make sense of the US authorities. Scratching our heads, right, right yeah. now. <laughs> They were just thinking, you know, what is the US authorities' assessment of the health of the economy? You know, what will be the path of the interest rate hikes, the financial mm. health of the banks? You know, and most importantly, how far the government will go to protect depositors? So unfortunately, there wasn't any coordination between these two heavyweights uh, as they spoke, which led to confusions. <laughs> confusion yeah. is quite surprising if you ask me, you know, when you consider that they should have at least come to a common agreement on something as major as this. Can so we expect some clarity on this uh, in the near future? <laughs> okay, that's what I was about to, to say actually. So uh, the negative closing for S&P actually sums up the market verdict on what they thought uh, mm. of both their addresses uh, were. So I certainly hope that you know they will come back with more clarities on this market, be it themselves or you know, some representative from them to come out to the market to clarify things. Mm. And uh, before we let you go, uh, David, the Wall Street Journal says UBS will likely string Credit Suisse's a ten billion US dollar shipping portfolio. Any thoughts and what's the basis for the move, really? Okay, um, for me, I always think uh, UBS is slightly more conservative than its peers, and uh, you know this uh, move has certainly reinforced this thinking. In fact, um, I think back in two thousand and. Uh, I'm not sure whether you remember, UBS mm. was actually at the forefront of cutting risky assets as you know part of its balance sheet cleanup in order to meet um, tougher regulations implemented at that time to prevent a repeat of the uh, 2008 uh, banking crisis. Mm. So apart from cutting um, risky assets back then, I think it has also set a target for reducing uh, so-called risk-weighted assets to a specific target. And for that, it uh, actually offloaded uh, risk-weighted assets, mm. you know, which is also the key to determine 
determine the amount of capital a bank needs to hold in several yeah. ways, including shutting down your trading desk and closing out or selling positions. So with all these moves, you know, one could actually could clearly see the conservative stance that UBS uh, 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 adopted back then. You have some uh, of the belief that you know, shrinking this uh, US 10 billion shipping portfolio now is another example of this conservatism to reduce mm. this, especially in this current uh, environment. All right. Thanks very much, David. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.